0: Making art is meant to be a wild, creative process, not one caged by shame that whispers, you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, you will never be successful. So let's rewild our relationships with our creative work. I'm your host, author and creative wellness coach, Kristin Kiefer, and this is Wild Making. All right, if you listened to last week's podcast, then you'll know that I had promised that we were going to talk about what I mean when I say that we are all in relationship with our art this week. That was supposed to be our topic. Turns out I am a liar (laughs) because there is a message that landed in my lap this week before I sat down to record that feels so incredibly important for me to share with you and to share with you now. So we are absolutely going to talk about what it means To be in relationship with our art very soon here on the podcast but we're just going to bump that back a little bit because today i really really want to share with you what i see as being the biggest misconception about emotional healing why i think this is so important is because a huge part of my work as a creative coach and what i want to impart to you as a creative yourself has to do with emotional healing I fully believe that creative success is holistic, that we can work our asses off to achieve X, Y, or Z external goal. But if we don't also work our asses off to be in better loving relationship with ourselves and with our art, then that success, that external success, isn't going to feel good. It's not going to feel like enough. It's not going to feel joyful. It's not going to be fulfilling. Any kind of high that we get from achieving some sort of external goal is only going to be temporary, extremely temporary, if we are still living with shame and a shit ton of insecurities that lead us to believe that we're still not good enough, that we still haven't done enough, that we still can't be who we want to be, etc, etc. So, like I said, emotional healing is a huge part of my work as a creative coach, and what I work to impart to you is being important. So what is this big misconception? What is what I see being the biggest misconception about emotional healing? The answer to that question is this. There is no such thing as being healed. This is what I see as being the biggest misconception on this topic. There is no such thing, or I suppose. I suppose what I mean is, there is such thing as being healed. That is the misconception. What is the misconception is that you can ever get to a place in your life where you have done enough emotional healing that you are healed now. That you are fully healed, that you have just total unshakable confidence, you're not afraid of anything, you always know that you belong wherever you show up, you have all sorts of drive you never procrastinate, you're never unmotivated, you have all sorts of energy, you have all sorts of peace, right? That The idea that you can get to a place where you're just healed is unrealistic. It is, I would dare say, impossible. There is no such thing as being healed. Now, I understand why this belief that you can reach a place where you're just healed is really tempting why it's really something that we all want. Because life is hard, right? I think so many of us are so tired of hurting emotionally. We're so tired of things feeling hard all the time. We're so tired of struggle and fighting and striving and never feeling like we're getting to where we want to be. And so we imagine, we, we see other people, who have more confidence than us. We see other people who have achieved more than us. We see other people who seem more at peace than us. And we think that they have reached this place where they must have done enough emotional internal work that they're healed now, right? We think that their life must be so much easier than ours, that their confidence is just unshakable, right? That basically all those things I just said, we envision that they've attained some sort of of pinnacle of healing where they've basically mastered inner work. They've mastered all of their emotions and they don't have to hurt anymore. They don't have to struggle anymore. Things don't feel hard to them anymore, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I want to reiterate that this is a lie. That this idea that somebody could be fully, perfectly healed is a lie that somebody could be at a point where they're not really experiencing all this emotional pain and difficulty and heartache again that is a lie there are two big reasons why this, this is a lie and why I want us to take this narrative this this belief out of our heads and throw it in the dumpster okay <laughs> so the first reason that you cannot ever be a healed person, you cannot ever be fully healed, is because you are not a disease. You cannot be healed because you are not a disease. You are not the thing that makes you sick. You are not the thing that makes you hurt. You are not the thing that makes you emotionally wounded. Someone who has cancer is not cancer. Someone who has a broken leg is not their broken leg. They are simply a person who has cancer. They are a person who has a broken leg. They can heal their cancer, hopefully. They can heal their broken leg, but they cannot heal themselves because they are not their cancer or their broken leg. Now, I know this is getting a little bit pedantic already. I am not here to police the language that we use around healing so much as I am here to drive home an important part of important so much as i am here to drive home an important point about identity and self-concept we're going to get to that in just a second but i just want to reiterate here that you are not your trauma you are not your mental illness you are not your insecurities You are not your shame stories. You are not your fears. You are not your limiting beliefs. These things are not who you are. They are simply circumstances of your life, where you're currently at. They are perhaps your current circumstances. They are part of your current emotional landscape. But your current emotional landscape is not who you are. Your current emotional landscape is not going to remain the same for all of time. Okay? Your circumstances, your current emotional landscape is something that can be healed. Right? You can heal from situational depression. You can heal from religious shame. You can heal from low self-esteem. You can heal your shame stories. But you cannot heal you. This is the part where I want to reiterate that I know this is kind of pedantic and I'm really not trying to police language here, okay? Use the words that feel good and right to you. The point is that I want you to be extra careful about not making your pain, your emotional pain, a part of your identity. So use whatever language you want, but do not let shame convince you that you are the parts of you that hurt right? You are not a capital I insecure person. You are not a capital P perfectionist. Those things are not who you are. They are simply parts of your current emotional landscape. Or you could say that they are part of how you experience life and engage with life because of the current state of your nervous system. But I want to take a second here to talk about identity, to really drive this point home. Okay? Because biologically, physiologically, perhaps is the more accurate word, identity is a really powerful psychological tool that we evolved, that we developed to have as human beings to aid our survival. And not only our individual survival, but our survival as a species. The identities that we adopt connect us to our communities Which, in turn, our communities connect us to safety and security. Because as I've talked about before, human beings are a tribal or a social species. We do not do well on our own. It becomes much, much, much more difficult for us to survive on our own, especially historically. We need one another to survive, which means that we need identities that make us feel connected to communities where we can access safety and security. And so as a result, your brain is literally hardwired over time to latch on to certain identities and to develop and strengthen and maintain the neural pathways for this identity so that you feel a responsibility to remain in that community that your identity connects you to because that community is safety and that community is security. If you, you know, if this is several thousand years ago and you belong to the so-and-so tribe on the savannah, then your brain wanted you to really identify as being a member of the so-and-so tribe so that you wouldn't just wander off on your own little solo adventure and get eaten by a lion or something, okay? It wanted you to feel a responsibility to your community, to feel like that was really where safety and security belonged. If you became a parent within the so-and-so tribe, then your brain really, really wanted you to identify as being a parent so that you felt responsible for caring for the child that you brought into this world, thus furthering the survival of the human species. See how identity is this really, really, like I said, powerful psychological tool that helps us survive. And so your brain, when you have an identity already baked into your brain, your brain doesn't want to give it up. It's going to try to protect that identity at all costs. And we can see this nowadays, I think we can really see this in action with people who've bought into, say, certain propaganda from, like, say, some certain right-wing news media outlets, right? And even if you present those people with evidence and truth, they will find ways to negate it and to say that it is fake news, right? Because their identities are so wrapped up in the com- in the right-wing communities that they're involved in that they don't want to let that go. Their brain doesn't want them to let that go. I think this is a really, <laughs> I think this is just an example where we can really see people get angry and fight tooth and nail to protect their identities even when Certain evidence and truths are presented to them that would encourage them otherwise to leave that identity behind, right? Point is, when you make your pain who you are, rather than simply something you have experienced or are currently experiencing, your brain is going to keep building up evidence. Keep building up that neural pathway in your brain that that pain is who you are. That you're just a perfectionist, and that's your identity now. That you are simply insecure, and that's your identity now. And it's not going to want to let that go. So if you haven't already made your pain a part of your identity, please, please, please be careful about not letting that happen. If you already have made your pain a part of your identity, first and foremost, that's okay. This is a thing that we do. I think we all do it. I think we all have our insecurities that we've really, really made a part of who we are, right? Your shame stories love to take what they say you've done wrong or how you're not good enough and make it an intrinsic part of who you are, right? It personalizes those things. It pathologizes those things. So this is really common. It's not just you. You haven't done anything wrong. This is just how shame operates within us, right? But What I want you to know is that not all hope is lost it is not impossible for you to shift your identity to stop seeing yourself as being a perfectionist or being an imposter or being insecure or being lazy right it's not impossible to kick your shame stories to the curb but it can be hard it can be a really long journey we've talked so much i know already about releasing shame i'm not going to dig into all of that now But what I do want to say about this is that shifting your identity is a long process, more often than not. It is often not a linear process. You will make progress and then feel like you've taken two steps back sometimes, then make some more progress. It does require commitment to the unshaming work that we often talk about here on the podcast. But doing the work to shift your identity away from identities that don't serve you, from beliefs that don't serve you, is so worthwhile. And it's also so much easier for you to carry when you have a community of support that's going to help you step into your new sense of identity, your new sense of belief, your new sense of safety. Sometimes that support looks like loved ones that you can trust. Sometimes it looks like a therapist. Sometimes it looks like a writing community. It can look like a million different things, but it is easier to leave behind an identity that doesn't serve you when you have a new community to step into or seek greater support from, okay? Now let's talk about the second reason that you cannot ever be healed, that you can never be a a fully healed human being, right? And that is because life is inherently painful. Life is inherently painful, okay? When people talk about wanting to be healed, what they often really mean is that they want to stop hurting right we talked about this at the top of the episode they want to stop feeling emotional pain and discomfort all the time they want to feel light and joyful and more happy they want to feel more at ease they want to feel more at peace they want to feel more driven they want to feel more motivated they want to feel more energetic all the time because life is so much more pleasant that way and it's so much easier to do what you want to do that way but the simple fact of the matter is that you cannot escape pain in life. You cannot escape pain in life. Life is painful. It is always going to hurt to be human. It is always going to be uncomfortable to be human. It is always going to be awkward to be human. Growth and achievement are hard. Creating ease is hard. Life is inherently kind of a struggle. Shit happens, okay? There are things like, you know, loved ones are always going to die, okay? Businesses sometimes fail or falter. People experience setbacks in their creative careers or in their careers otherwise. People get sick. Economies, inflation bloats, right? Money gets tight. War breaks out. Tragedies happen. It hurts to be alive in this world. And to be human in this world. And there is no escaping that. There will always be disappointment. There will always be grief. There will always be heartache. There will always be traumatic experiences. And while there is so much beautiful, worthwhile work that we can do to heal from insecurities, to heal shame stories, to develop confidence, to step into more powerful beliefs... Things that make life ultimately easier and lighter in the long run. I need you to know that there's also no point at which you become some sort of impenetrable human being. Even after healing your shame stories, you're going to rub up against the discomfort of someone or something trying to instill shame in you. Even after developing like really deep and abiding confidence in yourself, unshakable assurance, you're still going to rub up against reminders of Old insecurities, or have experiences that make you develop new ones that you need to address, right? I know that you want to stop hurting. I want to stop hurting too, okay? I don't like waking up every day and having to actively manage the shame stories, the the disempowering thoughts that I'm still working to heal. The insecurities, the doubts, the fears that I'm still working to release. I don't like having to wake up and deal with that every day. It's not fun, but it is worthwhile, right? So I don't mean to imply here that life is like nothing but pain and hardship and struggle all the time. It is absolutely not. Life has plenty of wonderful, joyous, exhilarating, exciting, peaceful moments right? Beautiful moments worth living for. Beautiful times worth living for. There's so much love and and just beauty in the experience of being alive and being a human being on this planet. But life is still painful. And to quote the, uh, the Princess Bride, anyone who says otherwise, that life is something other than pain, <laughs> is probably selling something right? The reality is that you might need to grieve this reality. It, for me, is really painful to acknowledge the fact that life will always be painful in some way, shape, or form, okay? It's not fun to acknowledge that fact. And so if you need to grieve that reality, go ahead and do so. But the sooner you accept that there is no such thing as being a fully healed human being, as a human being who is just impenetrable to painful or uncomfortable emotions, and that life is always going to have its emotional pains and discomforts, the sooner that you can heal the parts of you that are hurting needlessly. Right? Because there are parts of you that are hurting needlessly. You're never, like I keep saying, you're never going to get to a point where you just never hurt at all again, ever. Where you never feel uncomfortable again, ever. That's not possible. You're a human being. But there are parts of you that are hurting needlessly or experiencing discomfort needlessly. These are the parts of you that are are coming from a shame story, operating from a shame story, living with a shame story. And a lot of the, I'm willing to bet that a lot of the pain and discomfort that you're currently experiencing that is needless is coming from you shaming yourself for having insecurities Shaming yourself for being afraid, for being anxious sometimes, for not feeling up to it, for being depressed or unmotivated, for having low energy on any particular day, for not always being a productivity machine, for feeling like throwing up sometimes when you're in the midst of striving to grow, right? I feel like I I have this feeling that many of you are shaming yourselves for experiencing pain and discomfort in the first place, because you're making that pain and discomfort a problem. You're making it mean that you aren't healed yet, and that you should be ashamed of yourself for not being healed yet. Because, oh, haven't you been working on this for years? Shouldn't you be further along now? Shouldn't you feel better now? That's not how this works. You're not on a journey to get to a place where you have mastered healing. You are on a journey to be in loving, better loving relationship with yourself, And yes, that does involve letting go of pains and hurts and discomfort that you don't need to feel that is needless, but so much of it is also accepting that you're human, so you are going to hurt sometimes. You are going to be insecure sometimes. You are going to be afraid, anxious, down, low, depressed sometimes. That is what it means to be a human being, or at the very least, it is a part of what it means to have a human experience. You are not wrong for that. You are not wrong for being a human being. Your humanity is not a problem. It is not something to be solved. It is not something broken. It is not a disease. It is not something you need to heal. That is not what healing is. Healing is recognizing that you are human and accepting yourself in the midst of that. Loving yourself in the midst of that. Lovingly. Slowly but surely letting go of the parts of you that shame you for simply being human, right? When you can do this, when you can really lean into letting yourself be human in all of its pain and discomfort alongside all of its joy and its beauty, that is when everything starts to get a little easier and a little lighter and a little bit more beautiful, okay? I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's Wild Making. If this episode felt like coming home to yourself as an artist or a maker, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing to help this podcast reach a wider audience of creatives like yourself. And for more on untaming your art, be sure to check out my current coaching offers and subscribe to receive weekly wisdom-packed emails in your inbox for free at kristinkiefer.co. Cool? Until next time, shine on, my friend.